Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell Rappin, and I am on a complete mission to help more entrepreneurs make a difference. It is about navigating the messy world of startup, growth, relaunch, or reinvention. Joining us today, we're going to be sitting down with a peer who's going to help us dig deep into the topics that he's experienced to help you learn the best concepts and strategies to help you fast track your business. Today, our guest is Kevin Dooley, and he has a really interesting perspective. He is an illustrator, a relaxed production architect, a certified experience economy expert, and the co-founder of the World Experience Organization. And he's the developer of a tool to help non-designers, the ERY method. He has a great purpose in life to help make the ordinary extraordinary by guiding others out of the service economy and into the experience economy. A very warm welcome to our program. Uh, thank you, Christine. I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. If I had a cocktail, we'd raise a toast. So we will raise a toast. Absolutely. So tell me a bit story. I always want to know, how did you find yourself in the world of entrepreneurship? Because you are quite a creative. And I imagine that starting a business or being involved in a co-founder of an organization serving businesses wasn't necessarily a straight path. No. Matter of fact, it, it kind of cultivated through everything I've learned. So for over 28 years, I've been serving the financial industry. Uh, as I said, I was a relaxed architect. I'm now a strategy developer for the company at Newground. But on the side, something started growing and percolating. Uh, when we had a recession, um, and I know Canada had also had its recession at the same time, something happened. Something woke me up, said, look, the people who are really being hurt the worst were not the corporations. They were small business owners. And they, the small business owner didn't know how to respond except to do what they always do, cut their prices, put a sales sticker up in the window, offer discount coupons. They're really hurting their business, but that was the only way they could try to survive. I said, there's got to be a shift that they can understand that can apply very easily to go from survival to thrive. And so I started thinking about the experience economy and how we can evolve them to your title of your business here, evolve them from being a service-based business that really is not in anything unique. I mean, if they're in the shoe business, there's a thousand shoe businesses. Uh, and so the only thing that tries to make them unique or differentiate them is they compete on price and they can monetize their business. So what happens if we change the offering? Instead of the service or the goods they sell, what happens if it's the offering is the engagement with the customer? And I'm not talking customer service. That's uh, kind of, you start to hear customer experience and it's really kind of a misleading information mm -hmm. about customer service is really not customer experience. Agreed. Customer service or customer experience as we know has become a buzzword. It's still customer service. And it's still a service. It's even in the name. And the outgrowth of customer service, even great customer service, stems from having a problem. I mean, you don't have great customer service that's solving problems if you didn't have the problem to begin with. 
So that's where people, and also you're not paying extra for customer service. You don't go in and go, hey, there's Jackie. I'll pay Jackie an up fee to help me out shop in my your store. Doesn't happen. In the experience economy and in an experience-based business, that's the value. So look at Disney. Disney has services. Disney sells products and goods. But they're an experience. It's about what happens to the customer. It's about the customer engaging in an idea above the products and services. So I said, okay, how do you teach small businesses on Main Street and the High Street how to evolve from being a service-minded business to an experienced provider or stager? And so there are a lot of complexities. You can read the books. You can break them all down. They get confusing. You hear from marketing, branding companies, oh, an experience where we can design a customer experience. And they don't have any clue what's going on. <laughs> I said, there's got to be a way and an easy way. They have to know they're learning without them realizing they're learning a while what an experience is. So I took all the principles of the experience economy, all the economic offering formats and turned it into quote kind of a cocktail game kind of a wordplay game that takes that tension down takes that risk factor out of the business out of their thinking and says okay let's just play some words first of all what business are you really in so a lot of times if you got into an elevator pitch with somebody say hey what business are you in christine the beginning conversation gets a little long and then you, you're extrapolating of all the different things that you do. But what's the core business? And I always use a bakery as a good example. A bakery, its core thing is it bakes bread. That's its core operation. And that's where the idea began. I said, what happens if we change the core action? Baking. And do something else from the business, something that nobody's thinking about, that's still part of the business. And there's different there's different actions or verbs, as I refer to it. The different verbs in a business offer this unique ability to change your business. You're not changing the business model. You're just changing the business focus. So, for instance, in the bread business or bakery business, you have to knead dough. So what happens... If need is now the um, core verb of the business or the action. So then you say, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Need. So now we play the ERY method game. So the method was designed to talk about placemaking, performers, which are your staff, all in this guise of reshaping from a different service. So if need follows the process of ER, needers, those your actors, a needery suddenly become, your mind begins to imagine, what is a heck of a needery? What could it be? What do I see? I don't see baking racks anymore. Maybe I see huge mixing bowls. What we're trying to teach people is how to stage an engagement with a customer. Forget the idea of an experience. Just think about how can you engage the customer differently that sets you apart, that makes you unique, 
that also can be added value. Give a better reference, Starbucks is not a coffee shop. Matter of fact, they took it one step level and their main flagships are called roasteries. What they do and the people in there, the employees are roasters. This is kind of where the idea stem, but we can do this on small scale. They don't have to completely change their business. They just need to change how they interact with the customer and how they can charge an extra value for that. Membership means education. So that's kind of what this process was designed to do. And then to explain to them what the four different types of experiences there are. People think of experience and they kind of get lost in this cloud of what an experience is. But the reality is there are four types. There's entertainment, which is kind of what we all know. We go to movies, we go to concerts. There's education, the educational experience, which if you've gone to college, that's an experience in all to itself. But there are two others. The aesthetic experience is like the art gallery or the Grand Canyon or going out into the woods up and into a lake and sitting in the cottage on the lakeside and just absorbing. But you're paying to do that. So the the fee that you pay is for the experience, not for renting a cabin, not for you know buying this or buying that. That's all included in that. So that's what I try to help people understand is that to run an experience business really begins to f- talk about how do I stage my business instead of just how do I stock my shelves. Um, so that's kind of the premise to the ROI method. It does it in a very short period of time. It's very playful and play is very important because it unlocks all of those wonderful chemicals in your brain that allows you to be creative. Everybody can be creative. So that's kind of what started the premise. So as we've been doing this, we've tested this theory live across the globe, basically through Zoom, thank God. And we have discovered from business owners to even experienced designers that this is an igniter. This really changes how people think about business. They stop seeing that we're a vacuum cleaning company or we're window watchers. Suddenly they see the performance and see the value of the performance and the engagement with the customer. So that's kind of the premise. The challenges are, that we faced was this miscommunication about what experiences, which is what I've talked about. But the other challenge is knowing how to evaluate your business. And that's where the program comes in. I'm not going to say that when people leave or finish a program or a workshop, that they're going to be experienced designers. But they're going to have a good idea of what an experience is and what their business applied to that model, that model of experience economy, realizing that the experience is the offering not their service. It's included in that. I love this idea that that a small business can have the same idea of an experience around the Starbucks or the Disney, which are two great examples because most of us have have an understanding of how that really feels. And you're right. Customer service is not customer experience. I always used to think of it when I worked, you know, for, for the very big Procter & Gamble. It was customer service is the moments of truth. It's not the experience. That's just the failure points and how you recover from them. So I'm curious, when you're out speaking to small business, how do you become a must 
for them because I do think you're so accurate. You can't rely on price. The economy is squirrely, profit margins are shrinking, cash flow is very hard for most small businesses at the best of season, never mind a, a crunching one. And so I'm curious, how do you go about trying to be the must hire versus I like the concept, but that's for the big guys that have big budget like Disney or Starbucks. How does this apply and how do you walk them through? This is actually your ticket to standing out in the sea of sameness. Okay. I'll give you an example. One that I really like small family up in Cleveland. Uh, ran a grocery chain and they were competing against the big chains of grocery stores. Now, groceries, selling groceries has been the same methodology it has been since we've had dry goods stores and out West. It's to stock the shelves with fresh produce and dry goods. You're basically, your service is storage till the customer buys it. That's your service. But what happens if you start thinking, how can I use my product to engage my customers to do something they've never done, which is the escapist, to do it in an environment that is very relaxing, enjoyable, kind of place to hang out and learn something, you know, the aesthetic, the educational, you know, we talk about cooking shows, which are kind of a popular thing in grocery stores. But in this group, what they did is, they divided the store up into four zones. In each zone, there's an education in there. And what you get as a membership, you get an invitation to when these host things are going to happen. Now, the membership is a price. It's a fee they pay as a customer say, oh, I'm a member of X, Y, and Z grocery store. This gets me into the after-hours classes the wine tasting, the wine pairing, all the things you would use these products for. They have grown their business even during the downtime because everybody else is fighting on price. They rarely have a sale because the money they're making is actually on the admissions, the membership fees. These are all bottom line numbers. They go right to your bottom line. So that helps that push. And plus the customers like, hey, they really appreciate me. They they want me to be there. It becomes the place to go. I love that. That's a great example. And thank you for sharing that. It it is it's it's interesting to really think about what business are you truly in? And this is a, a really, you know, it, it's a light bulb. I love that you've, you've turned this into a gamification kind of approach. Because I really want small businesses to say, what are you solving? It's never the top problem, which you say in the grocery example there is, you know, picking up food. We're basically in a storage business. I'm sure most grocers never think of it that way. But you think about, well, what do I do with the groceries when I take them home? I have an experience in my home with them or with friends or in a very social typically setting. And so taking that a step further, I always think, Go beyond the product. If you want to stand out from the sea of sameness, you have to understand what is the problem you're really solving. It's not the one you think it is. And so I'm curious in your methodology and in your um, approach with small business, is this something they in they get or is this a gap that they're really struggling to overcome when they first start learning about what it is you do in the methodology and how this could apply to their bottom line 
and to really helping them say, I'll be the one who thrives and not just survives in this current climate, current economic climate. Yeah. So the first challenge is resistance because they're in the comfort zone. Even if that comfort zone is not survival, mm -hmm. it's just kind of just trying to get there. They're not thriving in the zone, but they're afraid to move forward. And so the EROI method is kind of this, what would your business look like if it was an experience? And we're going to play that game. Beneath that, rooted deep into there are all the principles. But I don't tell them they're the principles. I don't tell them that here's your bottom line effect. This is your cost for goods. They know how to run the business. I'm not there to tell them how to run the core function. What I am there to help them understand is how can you put a new layer in front of that? And I'm going to go back to the bakery just as an example. So when you think about a bakery who bakes bread, and they stock bread on the shelf. They're all over the world. Everywhere. I mean, I can, you can find a bakery almost within a half mile of each other. But I was up in Portland, Maine, and I was walking down the street, and I saw something that I thought, was the perfect example of the ROI method of play called the toastery. They sell slices of toast, the bread they bake, but now they're toasting it and you can get different spreads. It has all this kind of bar kind of atmosphere where instead of having a bartender, you have a toastmaster who's covering, you know, you have all your jams. Stuff. It sounds I thought, okay, this is stupid. This, this I think it sounds fun. I feel like sign me up. I'd love to get a toast and coffee. Bottom they are following, as you to your point, is people don't want to spend the time making breakfast at all. So here you come, you get toast, you get coffee, maybe you get a little egg on the side. But what they're doing is you're watching this performance of a bartender converted to a toaster. And they call them toast bars. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And they have the same price point format as Starbucks. <laughs> so think about what it costs to toast a slice of bread. It's cheap. Mm -hmm. But for five bucks, you get two pieces of toast of any type of bread you want. You've got a whole selection of customized spreads. And that's the biggest point is we're talking about customizing for the customer, not just supplying things for the customer. So they can pick and choose, and you can set that as your preference. Just like you do at Starbucks, you come in and go, here's my preference. And they go, okay, you're right with a uh, rhubarb spread on top of it with a cup of coffee, a strong French roast. Boom, we got you. Here's six, seven bucks. Because they don't have to spend the time there. If people start understanding what is their customer using the product for, or why are they hiring the service to do something because they're saving time? But how can I make that more entertaining? Or how can I make it more engaging? And here's the fun part. How can I get the customer to do it? To actually be part of it. Think of Build-A-Bear. Mm -hmm. What did they do? Customers build the teddy bears. Not the employees. Yep. They just stage the environment, the factory, if you want to call it that. And everybody comes in become factory workers. Kind of wonder what I'm talking about. And they're child labor. Sorry, I didn't mean to say I know. 
Well, but the, here's the here's the gold nugget for all of our audience because I, I if you went right past it, I think it's going to linger here. I want to bring it back. Is I want you to be sparking listening to to Kevin share here, guys. Is this idea of how can you customize the experience so that you are unlike every other widget? You're not doing the service. You can entertain. You can educate. You can you can work through those four experiential types to really transform your business. So as we as we lead into our final insight, I want you to vision cast for the audience. Why do they need to do it now? Why does this not why is this not optional? Like I am I'm bought into this. I love this concept. I think a lot about, you know, when I'm working with my clients which are small business owners, I said I want you to think about the fact people do not pay for your time. Stop that. People do not pay for time ever. What they pay for is speed, experience, acceleration and other things that they can't trade for time so what are you doing i want you to vision cast this for us because i think that this this i believe in the concept you've got me all fired up about it but for our audience what what would you say to them why now so here, here's the big if you want to call it the nugget first of all you were correct you need to customize and record some way that you know each customer and their preference make it personal Engage them in the process, whatever that process is. But realize that when you're staging an experience, you're doing something with the customer, not for the customer. That engagement says, hey, they get me involved in my decision-making. They get me involved in learning about that product. And when you're trying to differentiate yourself from the industry, just walk down the street and you tell me one shop that doesn't have a sales sign in its window. Mm-hmm. That sales sign says, I'm willing to cut to my bottom line just to read the bottom is on. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And what's interesting is they say that 95% of the customers will come back if you have great service. But almost 85% will turn on you in a heartbeat because they know they can find it somewhere else. But if you stage something that is unique, there's nowhere else to go. You are that entertainment. You are that experience that's not like anything else. So think about it. If you're Starbucks in its original form, if you're Build-A-Bear in its original form, or if you're American Girl when it was around in its original form, it was not about the products and the services it was about the experience that people had there. Everything was customized and personalized. If you can figure out how to make your business customized, you win the game because you're not like everybody else anymore. You are uniquely different, and that's worth the value of an up price, a premium fee. I love that. That is absolutely the gold nugget. Kevin, that's amazing. I'm so inspired by this. I definitely can't wait to go and check out more about this methodology. But to our audience member, that is a wrap on another amazing episode of the Evolpreneur After Hours show. But before you go, a couple of things. If you love this, please give us a five-star review. And if you are an entrepreneur who's got a great insight or story to share to help our audience and our business owners thrive in the current economy, we'd love to have you as a guest on our show. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. And if you are a business owner, think about how do you differentiate and customize the experience that your clients come into so that you are not 
just like everybody else, you are the destination and you are able to add a highly engaged premium experience and create raving fans. It's possible for you and Kevin has shown you the roadmap. Thank you very much for being our guest today. Guys, we will see you on our next episode. Thank you very much.